How you doing? My name is Luke Zuch. I'm Scott Meinema. And uh, we've got a podcast today with John Daymeyer. We're talking youth ministry. What else are we talking about, John? What do you want to I think a lot about me. Okay. Based on oh, questions. yes. <laughs> this is all about John. <laughs> this is John's time. Oh, we've been waiting a long time to talk to John. Don't make a mistake. This is John's time. I tried time. to push you off and push you off, and here we are. And yet, yeah. here we are. He negotiated a deal like Aaron did. What was the deal? Well, yeah, I he, listened to your podcast. He, so oh. I, I learned. He that. wanted a mug. <laughs> he refused to so, come. And let, oh, there so you go. Here you go. Oh, the, we, the exchange we, we has wanna, been given. We want to make sure and follow through. Yeah. So, yeah, welcome Great. to the uh, to the podcast. You're you're official now. I I feel official. This is now. A, this is an unboxing. Part of my on an audio only is that nobody else gets these. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it ends right there. <laughs> This, you just made it a we, limited we gotta edition. Make it special. I think we should have waited to give it to him until the end of the podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, actually, before we get into John's stuff, we're probably going to take a break here for about a month just because of vacation schedules and other demands. So if you are regularly on here and waiting for more things, you will have to wait a little bit longer. And it's a good chance to go back and re-listen. To I was going to say, we really don't have that many of them to go re-listen right. to. Uh, <laughs> find something else to listen to. For well, I forgot. And I'm putting you on the spot. But oh, are, go are we going to film while I'm in Ecuador? Oh, are yeah. Are you still going to yeah, call yeah. me in? So we might have one drop in July. What are the dates in, of Ecuador? 7 to 18. And I thought we were going to film like on the 9th. Something like that. 7 to 18. I'm still gone on the 9th. So Scott's going to call me. And <laughs> <laughs> if Scott wants to, you're welcome. I, I don't get back It'll be fun. until the 12th. We'll see. We'll set yeah. something up. We might drop something in July, but that's a big might because I'll be. Right. So it, for if, if you're listening and going, what in the world are you talking about? The the machine that we use to record these things has the ability to record a phone call as if you're in the room with them. So we were talking about uh, getting an, an update from John on the how the Ecuador trip is going. Because how many teens are going to be? We'll just launch into this. Yeah. John, you're going to we're Ecuador We're taking 22 high school students Yikes. and eight adults that to is Ecuador in 15 days. What could go wrong? We Nothing. very soon. <laughs> okay, so 30 people from our church are going to Ecuador. And uh, Juan Carlos is our missionary contact there. He kind mm -hmm. of helps facilitate and manage that trip. Yes. Yeah, he and his wife, Susanna, are going to be with us, and he has planted churches in other cities. So we're going to be working with his church, right? and then we're going to be traveling to do a couple other cities and working with them. And he, how many times have we done this trip in the past? It's like been, four or five, maybe? Well, you, I think, were on the last one. Was it? The, was I on the last one? Because they stopped doing it before I got to high school. So okay. it's been a couple decades almost. Ouch. That stings a bit, but, well, but accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So it's been, I, I think it was, it had to have been at least three, maybe four times that we've done this in the past, Yeah. had a long break and now our, our youth are going down to Ecuador. Um, I mean, bigger picture mission stuff, but what are you hoping? What are you expecting? This is your first time leading a missions trip. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know. Where, what do you want to say? Yeah, I would not do this time. without the adult leaders that I'm bringing. So right. hopefully a lot of the unknown stresses we can handle with our team. But my goals are several. I mean, the team that we're bringing, a lot of them have never been overseas. So we're hoping to give them some missions exposure, give them some cross-cultural exposure, yep. help them to see the gospel and Christ in another country mm. and, other, and other teenagers just like them. Um, I'm hoping that we aren't uh, tearing down or exhausting our missionaries, that we can more be an encouragement and a, a little bit of a help to them. 
Um, we're not going to build any buildings for them. We're just going to um, do some VBSs and really care for their kids and get to know their teenagers and try to try to do some ministry alongside them. So it should be really fun. Um, so encourage our missionaries, really give our students some experience are the, are the two main things. But Cool. Yeah. You've been around Headwaters a long time, haven't you? A uh, really long time. What yeah, a, my for, entire life, actually. So maybe uh, give a little bit of background there. I think you know, for folks that really know you well, they would know that, but mm-hmm. there's, I think there's probably a lot of us. Of the five people that listen to the podcast, there may be two of them that don't We're know your story. We're up to seven or eight now at this point. Oh, yeah, at least. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great news. So, yeah, maybe a little bit about um, how you came to Headwaters. How did you get involved in, uh, in youth ministry? Was this part of the, uh, the big master plan all along? It's always been my dream, so... But we won't start there. Um, <laughs> uh, I My parents have gone to Headwaters before I was born. So they have always been involved in what was then Wallen Baptist Church. And I was born into the nursery, and there are probably still people here that would tell me that they've changed my mm. diapers, which I'm not the only one in this room that can say that. Ouch, yeah, <laughs> <that's true. laughs> yeah. But so I, it's actually really cool. I was raised through the children's ministry that Christine Overholt ran our current women's ministry director, and then I was in the youth group, and that's where I came to know Christ. And then that's because of my love for the youth group when I was growing up, that's when I started desiring to do that with my life. I was challenged by our youth pastor at the time, Rob Mansfield, and he really, at at the time I was thinking, I'll just go do what my dad does and get in the business world. I'll I'll go to business school, but he challenged me to think about going into full-time ministry. So doing that, I interned for him and learned what that, all that looks like, and then I applied to Bible school and went to Moody Bible Institute and had a four-year hiatus away from Headwaters Church, where I just only came back during holidays, and I was attending a church in Chicago. But uh, after graduating, I started applying to different places because Headwaters wasn't openly uh, looking for somebody. So I was applying to several churches in Fort Wayne. We decided to move back here because of my dad's business, so I already had a job mm. to work at. But... Uh, so I applied everywhere, and then in, I think it was August or September, our head pastor, John, he uh, got lunch with me, and he had been preaching about becoming younger as a staff and wanting to start looking for some younger people, um, because our staff was getting... Bunch of old folks. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but <laughs> veterans. <laughs> there, yeah, that's, that was much that's, nicer. They, that was really nice. They yeah. had been working together for over 20 years, almost. Almost everybody. As, as yeah, yeah. Everybody. So... It was very unique, and they were starting to see, like, let's start building into the next generation a little bit on our staff. So John had offered me a position to be children's ministry, and that caught me off guard. I never desired to do children's ministry. I went to Moody getting a youth ministry degree and a Bible degree thinking, I'll go into youth ministry. So uh, children's ministry was not on my radar at all, but my wife and I prayed about it for a weekend, and we talked about it with a few people that have done it, Christine being one of them. And she tried really hard to discourage us to do it. She gave us all the, not not to not because she didn't want us to, but because she didn't <laughs> want us to be glamorous. She didn't want it to be like, oh, this is beautiful. This is amazing. She wanted it to be real, and she wanted us to be ready for it. So um, I tease her all the time about that. And I think we did the same thing to Erin when she started. But <laughs> tried to talk <laughs> we her out of it. Tried to talk her out of it. But yeah, so children's ministry. After a weekend of praying about it, uh, we went back to John, and I, I mean, the Lord really communicated and helped me help me learn a big lesson there and is that and that's that I can't tell God how I'm going to serve him. I can't tell God that I'm going to be a youth pastor. So, 
I am here to serve him with my life. And at that moment, he asked me to do children's ministry. So I learned a lot. I did that for five years for Headwaters, uh, learned a ton on how to work with adults, how to disciple students and how to teach. So I'm very thankful for that time. But after five years, our youth pastor at the time was not, was now Chase Ringler. He took a position to be a head pastor and I was offered the job to be youth ministry. So I was able to do my dream job. And that was three years ago. So I've been here on staff for eight years, almost. Sheesh. Years. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, do you have a favorite story out of your time as a children's ministry director? If you need to redact names, that is allowed. Oh, jeez. Do you redact them afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, oh, wait, do I have a, do I have a like censor? <laughs> I feel like I do. Where is it? Hold favorite on. story. No, there it is. Oh. Found it. I found Just it. keep doing that. <laughs> thing. Oh, Luke found a new button. Uh, hey. <laughs> Nothing good is going to come from this. <laughs> uh, you put me on the spot there. I, I, that's a good question. I mean, I have one that when I was in children's ministry with Christine. All right, I'm, I'm in game for that. Let's go. Christine loves to tell this story. But when I was a kid, I left my things like my towel, my Bible, everything I have everywhere. I would never bring it back to the campsite with me. So on our fourth and fifth grade retreat, when I was in fourth grade, there was a big hill from where we did our lesson time and our swimming time up to our, like our dormitories where we were sleeping. So Christine was fed up with me, and I, I now understand because I deal with this every retreat I go on now. It's uh, poetic justice yes, exactly. right here. But, so she had me carry my towel back up the hill between my legs. So I was waddling like a penguin up the hill <laughs> between my knees holding my towel. So, so you wouldn't then, forget it. Exactly. I, yeah. Ever since then, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say I don't leave things anymore, but I do. But <laughs> now I just remember that time when I do. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about your main responsibilities as director of youth at Headwaters. What, is, what does that look like? Yeah. So uh, thinking about that, I, the part of the reason I love this job and I love ministry is because that changes every day. You walk in and you have an idea of what it can look like, and it never looks like that. <laughs> but on, with that said, there's some things that I regularly do. And I, I regularly teach probably twice a week. I mean, we meet on a Sunday and a Wednesday, and we have a junior high and a senior high class. So I run both of those classes, but not at the same time. So I'm teaching one or the other, uh, either one of those meeting times. So I'm, I'm teaching it at least once, maybe most of the time, twice a week. So I, I regularly study and I regularly teach. Um, I meet with students on a one-on-one -on -one basis or in groups. I try to invest in our leaders. We have about almost 60 leaders now. I'm trying to get up to that that big 60 wow. number. Uh, 60 so leaders? Adult no, leaders. Oh, that's where all my leaders no are going. Idea. Who knew? John's <laughs> pillaging. Wow. He's... Man, he's doing that quietly too, oh, right well, under the radar. Oh, no, I've I'll known. tell you why I've here known. in a little bit. <laughs> okay, we'll see. I've got good reasons, but I like my leaders to be able to have freedom to say, like, I can't be there this week. Like, okay, that's fine. And you're not short You can't exactly. not run the event. And I still that, want to yeah. be able to invest in the students at the same level. So I want sure. my leaders to have a life. I want them to be able to say no. Uh, and also be in, as involved as they're able to be. Having, so. having been a youth leader in different places and contexts, let me go ahead and thank you for them, that it's not uh, make or break if I'm able to, to not be there on any given night. Yeah, so that that's why I keep trying to find more, and another reason that I'll get into here later. But I wanted to intentionally plug a new part of our ministry later. 
Okay. So you got to ask that question later. But okay. what do I regularly do? I'm always cleaning a closet, it feels like, <laughs> because those closets, I'm, it's because I'm not good at putting things back until I'm ready to clean. Um, I'm always, I, don't, don't put it on yourself. I've, again, youth ministry has been going on in a lot of places. There's, it doesn't matter how type A or not you are, there's always a mess from youth ministry <laughs> that needs to be cleaned. It is just an inevitability of we life. We just don't have an Amy Such in our ministry right now. Don't so you dare. Don't try to ask. Me. Nope, nope. <laughs> her time like has the been spoken for. The fairy needs to come down to the youth rooms. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, she'll, she'll roll her eyes when she hears that. But yeah, so I don't know. There's, there's so many aspects. I mean, I run retreats. I plan retreats. I plan events and run those. I, a lot of the times our retreats we do in-house. We don't bring in guest speakers except for Scott here came and spoke at our winter retreat last year. But So I'm, I'm studying to teach those and I'm planning those retreats completely. And So that takes a lot of time and energy. But Talk a little bit about, you didn't mention this at all, but some of the local outreach yeah, that you're so involved in. I also, that's, a lot of my time also goes to Lakeside and Northside. Um, Lakeside is our middle school that's that's close by, and I meet with one student once a week for about 30 minutes. And it's through the Fort Wayne Community Schools Mentor Program, which anybody can be involved in. Um, and I just get free reign. We're in, a, we're in a room by ourselves, and I can get to know him and ask him questions. It's really cool. So I'm just trying to mentor this kid. Yeah, if it, just to plug that, if you're interested in attend Head of Ours Church and you'd be yeah. willing to give of your time to mentor a student at Lakeside or Northside, contact John. He'll get you in contact uh, with the people who run those programs. Yeah, I do it during lunch, but you can do it after school. Um, it's it's in the school, so you're protected in that way, um, and it's completely organized by Fort Wayne Community Schools. So it's really cool. You just get to meet with them and talk to them about anything. Nobody's checking and making sure what we're talking about. So, so. you're you're allowed to talk about faith as well. Absolutely. You're, yeah. 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 Most of the time I let him guide the conversation because I want him to feel comfortable. But sure. Yeah. So I do that at Lakeside. Um, and at Northside, I go to the lunchroom every Thursday. And for an hour and a half, there's three different lunches that are a half hour long. So I'm just going to sit at the table and trying to spark conversation, trying to figure out how they're doing and try to encourage them as best I can. So that's awesome. How hard to, is how hard you is that eat to lunch do? three times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try not to eat their food. But they, <laughs> I haven't yet, but okay. they all complain about it. So I don't think I would want to. Okay. So I, I remember doing this when I was a youth pastor and, yeah. and I, I feel like it was such an eye opening experience to me, how hard it is to walk into a high school lunchroom. Yeah. Like all of my anxieties from that time of life <laughs> came flooding. I was in my twenties. <laughs> I was married degrees. And I was like, oh gosh, these people are scary. Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. Did you have that experience? Well, I've done it for a year and a half now. So sure. it, it, it isn't hard anymore, but at right. first it was like, okay, how, how do I do this? And I'm, yes. if you know me, I, I'm pretty outgoing, but I don't like going into an uncomfortable space and like sparking conversation is not in my comfort zone. So I've gotten, I've had to get used to that, but mm -hmm. it's been really cool just stretching myself, yep. um, growing in that area and also just seeing who these kids are and just. Yeah. And once them. you have like a few students that you know that you're like, okay, Hey, I always I'm, make sure I talk to them yep, and then I try I to talk to a few like, others. Yeah. have one contact that I know is going to be yeah. yeah, not upset that I, some random guys just walking up to their table. Yeah. And the worst part for me about it is I forget names. So like I'm terrible <laughs> at remembering names, especially if I only see them once a week. So I always had to ask them. So one other thing you're talking about, what you do regularly, a lot of teaching, a lot of preparing, planning, and you're talking about outreach meeting with students, but I see you meet with students quite a bit 
yeah. from within headwaters. Yeah. I, it's just over and over. It's just something that it, uh, for good and for bad, shout out to you, Colby. Um, there are, <laughs> there's I, no way he listens to this. So. No, that's okay. So we can make fun of him here. Um, there's always a, a youth in the building who is causing havoc in some, one way or another. And at one level that makes me, uh, so excited and happy about it. And then at a very another level, I have to uh, tamp down my uh, frustration at the the noise in the hallway or whatever else mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I think you do well. So anyhow, let me, thank th- you. Let me yeah. That With Colby specifically, he <laughs> just had a lot of time on his hands and his parents were like, either get a job or, Go work at the church. So he chose to come work with me, and that was awesome. I no, Col- with Colby, we loved having you around. Don't let me. And I, I love doing those things. So if your teenager is bored in the afternoons, come, come hang out, know, help John can, with youth ministry. I can try to get to know him and disciple him a little bit, and he can, or he or she can help me out a lot. Yep. So, what are some of the uh, unique challenges you face as you minister to youth at Headwaters? Yeah. So there's two that I think of, and one is really. Actually, they're really related, but unique challenges would be that I'm only one person, and while I run two groups, really, at once, I really have to choose every time we gather which group I'm going to be with, and that's really hard because I am trying to get to know and disciple and and really help each of these kids with their faith, and I don't see them sometimes for over a week at a time, so that that's one of the times that's really hard on me, like... Man, Colby, I haven't seen you in two weeks. How are you doing? Like, and that's not because he hasn't been there. It's because I'm in the other room. So that's definitely a unique challenge. The other one would be because I have a very young family. Um, yeah. And that uh, I have a two-year-old, or yeah, two-year-old and an almost four-year-old. He, we only call him almost four because he's been looking to four for for <laughs> almost a year now. He he always says what he's going to do when he turns four. But so he's an almost four-year-old. <laughs> What's on Beckett's four-year-old list? Oh. If you only knew, it's, it's growing. Um, <laughs> Sorry, never mind. Don't derail. Yeah, okay. So uh, with a young family, I'm always trying to prioritize them first and my wife first. Um, so there's so much that I that we, my wife and I, would love to do uh, with this ministry. And we just currently, and hopefully it's only a short season, are saying no because we're caring for each other. So that's a unique challenge that mm. we're facing. So, How do you manage that? I mean, have you guys set up some... Just, you know, some no-fly zones around some... A little you know, bit. My my wife is incredible at communicating, like, when, when it's been too much or when she's needing uh, some time. And often I have my kids with me at youth group because she just needs a night, and that's okay. And and I love that she can make herself a volunteer in that sense, because at a lot of churches, she'd be pressured to be the other youth, youth pastor, and she's not that. She's just a volunteer. So she's incredible at communicating that, and I love her for that. I'm so thankful for that. Um, but... It really comes to communication between the two of us if we're feeling like we're doing too much. And there are seasons in this job where I'm gone a lot or where I'm doing so much, and she just has to help me realize I just need to slow down and make sure I'm at home when I'm at home um, because sometimes even in those seasons when when I go home, I have a lot of texts that I have to answer, emails that keep coming in that I feel like are urgent, but they're not. I just need to put it down and answer it the next day. Mm-hmm. So. Great. You wanted us to uh, ask you a question. I don't. That's not how interviews normally work. But hey, yeah. um, ask me a question, please. Please ask, please, ask please, me please. about what do you want me to ask you about, John? About the new ministry that we're going to tell be doing? me about a new ministry that's going on yeah. in you, John. Do you have any new ministries? <laughs> oh, well, this was one of your questions. <laughs> um, 
apparently it was one of your questions. Well, I don't know what yeah. you... <laughs> no, I, I really wanted to talk about, starting in the fall on our Wednesday night programming, we're going to start doing a small group model. So this isn't going to take away from our lesson time because we are really intentional with our lesson time on Wednesday nights. Um, but we're going to have organized small groups for our students to meet regularly in, a, in, in a, an organized small group with adults so that we can have a discipleship model that is regularly investing with our kids. And I love that. I love it because if a, if a sixth grader is coming in, they're going to have the same leaders until they're out of eighth grade. A ninth grader that's coming in is going to have the same leaders through 12th grade. So it's organized by grade with the same leaders so they can really be invested in. And it should be really, really cool. And I'm super excited about it. Do you, do you have kind of a, a layout as far as when will those small groups meet? Yeah, so on Wednesday nights, starting when Awana starts back up, that's always like how we understand our calendar. Like if Awana's happening, that's when we start things. So when Awana starts back up in August, we're going to start these small groups. And junior high and senior high have different schedules, but junior high will start the evening at 6.30 p.m., just like Awana does with their lesson time. So we'll start right away with the lesson, and that'll be a half hour long. And then we'll get into group worship with junior high, where they join the senior hires, and we still sing songs. And then they'll go to their small groups for a half hour, and then they'll have game time for the rest of the night. Um, Senior high will start the evening with game time because it's a little harder for senior hires coming from athletics to start right away. Um, So Mm. they'll be coming in and do do game time from 6.30 to 7 or just their hangout time, just catching up with each other. And then at 7 o'clock, we'll do the worship time, just like with junior high. And then from 7.10 to 7.40, Ish, we'll have a lesson time, and then the rest of the evening will be small groups. So every Wednesday, they'll have at least 20 minutes, sometimes more than that, for small groups. And it's really cool because it allows, whenever we have a weird Wednesday where we're the only ones in the building or where my teacher gets sick last minute, I can easily just say, hey, it's going to be an all-small group night where the whole evening you're going to be with your small group. And I think that is better than asking somebody or myself trying to combine the groups or preparing a lesson last minute, I think we can have some really intentional discipleship. So, so it's, it's less of a new ministry and more, well, I, maybe that's not, it, it is within the framework of yeah. what you are doing currently changing we, a little bit of the, the means of how you get to discipling. Exactly. We've tried to do small groups in the past. We've done it on Sunday nights and that's just a tough way to do another program. First yeah. of all, bring the students out another night, bring my leaders out another night. But in Wednesday nights, if I really believe in this program, I, I need to do it on the most populated by my leaders and my students. Sure. So that's why I chose Wednesday nights, because that's when all my students are there, all my leaders are there. Hmm. And I really think our leaders are incredible, and I think they can really help these kids hmm. with what they're going through. So, You know, we've seen a lot of changes in the counseling room with the types of issues that people are, are in the church are struggling with. I'm curious within, you know, youth ministry, what are some of the, you know, you talked about some of the challenges personally to you, but what are some of the the challenges that you're seeing that that youth face that maybe it's the same things that youth has, have always faced, but I'm kind of guessing maybe there's some challenges that are going on right now that we just haven't seen in ministry in the past. Thoughts on that? Yeah, the I mean, the social media world and the epidemic of COVID really caused something that we're really dealing with, and that's mental health. Um, I mean, loneliness, uh, comparison from the social media world, it all, both of these two things are causing really 
a lot of scary things in these teenagers that that they're calling themselves depressed. They're calling themselves anxious. They're dealing with stuff that I mean we might have dealt with, but not at this scale because we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't compare each other every day to the most like the best part of somebody else's day is compared to the worst part of our day. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard on them, and I think just helping them realize who they are in Christ and helping them realize that their value is not in what they have or what they look like, but their value is in in their salvation is 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 definitely what we're trying to do, and that's the challenge of showing them the opposite, really, of what the world's telling them. So right now, that's the newest thing, the mental health thing that, that we're dealing with that it feels like isn't going to go away anytime soon. We just got to help them have that foundation of God's Word. And You know, it's interesting with with regards to mental health, there's, um, there's been a number of books that have been written recently in the secular world addressing some of those issues that have been, I, I don't know that they've been, they're new as a result of COVID, but they certainly have been accelerated and and magnified. And you know what? Some of the better secular thinkers are coming up with, whether we're talking about youth or adults, are talking about, you know, the need for the need for community and how isolation is uh, isn't good, and you know, and that's as Christians, that's not a surprise to us, right? Mm. Because we, we, God said that back in Genesis: "Hey, it's not good that man should be alone." You know, mm. we were created for relationships. One of my favorite pastimes is watching science catch up to the Bible. I love it. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. what a brilliant insight you had there! <laughs> Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, common grace in action, right? <laughs> yeah, but it it, it is. Um, it is interesting that how much of the uh, uh, mental health issues that we're you know we're seeing across the board. So, do you do much counseling with parents and youth? What does that What does that look like? Yeah, here and there. Um, it's not very common yet. I, I think it. I mean, I probably have two or three cases each year, but um, a lot of the time with our youth, it's. I mean. I meet with our guy students regularly, as, as Luke hinted out, yeah. and a lot of it, and not every guy is, is struggling with this, but a lot of the things I deal with is pornography. Mm-hmm. It's it's an epidemic. It's it's terrible. And the students that I meet with are done with it, and they're ready to fight it, and that's amazing, and, and I'm going to talk with them, help hold them accountable, and help them, help them fight against that. I don't know the students that aren't done, like that are happy with it and that are comfortable with it. So... Hmm. That that is really discouraging to me, and that's something that I try to deal with on a regular basis. Um, and then with the girls, it's something totally different. And my wife and I have had to navigate different conflict, like between girls. And sometimes that brings the parents involved because parents get to know their their daughter and are trying to protect them. And they see the the disagreement and they don't like where it's going, so they're trying to guide them through it. And then they need they need Danielle or I to come in between it and be a mediator. So. I've had a few cases like that. Um, so as far as what we see and through those counseling things, those are the two things we mostly see. So looking ahead, you know, you've talked a little bit about the, uh, the what the summer is going to look like with the uh, missions trip, uh, new ministry um, starting in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know, just can, and, and maybe this wasn't one of the prepared questions, but maybe looking out a year, two years, what if, you know, when you're, you're dreaming, mm-hmm. right? What, what are some things that are just, you know, on your heart that you'd say, wouldn't it be cool if? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so one thing we're going to do in two years, 
which this doesn't answer your question, but I love these trips and I'm so excited about it. Um, one thing we are going to do is backpacking and these retreats that we try to do are in very intentional timing where we are getting one-on-one or like large amounts of time to invest in these students. And backpacking is unlike any other because they are completely unplugged. They're completely out of their comfort zones and they're experiencing God's creation every single day. So I love that retreat. That's coming up in in two summers. Um, But I don't know. I'm not right now because of this stage of life um, that I talked about earlier, I, I feel like I'm, I'm hesitant to try to throw new things. Ecuador has been a huge new thing that I'm still yeah. trying to navigate. Um, but I'm trying to build that, that foundation of, okay, we do, we do a bonfire, we do a winter retreat, we do an all nighter, and then we do our summer retreats. So around that foundation, then I throw in things like the Super Bowl party and, and other events throughout the year. So, um, if I remember, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but from when I was youth pastoring for a little while, um, those were so important to me because there's something that happens when you get away from the regular routine. Yeah, absolutely. That is, it, it creates a fertile spiritual ground, relational as well. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, relational bonds are formed, but also there's, I, I feel like there's spiritual opportunity in those that doesn't show up. Or, or or takes a lot longer time to develop in the week by week just yeah. kind of repetition of youth group on a Wednesday night. There is an opportunity that being out of your normal setting creates. I, and I'm sure there's yeah. some psychological thing that somebody could point me to on that. I'm not sure what it is. Um, yeah, and we even see that through our short winter retreats that are just really yes. one weekend. And yeah, we get we jump leaps and bounds with relationships. It's really cool. Those mountaintop experiences are frequently in those settings, particularly for youth. But I I think that's true for adults as well. Yeah. Um, Just getting away from the normal uh, has something to it. Yeah. So I, I look forward to where those retreats can go and what different, like what new things we get to do, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's a good question. Yeah. Thanks. Well, as we kind of think about winding up, how about, um, Favorite, favorite book that you've read, favorite book of the Bible, at least at this point in your sojourn, and a third question. Ooh, what's your walkout song? Uh, your, your, uh, your first day in the MLB, what's your walkout song? Oh, yeah, that's okay. So favorite book is... Sorry, Gre- I went way less spiritual. <laughs> uh, Greg Gilbert's What is the Gospel? I don't know if you've read anything by Greg yep. Gilbert, but he he's a pastor in Louisville and he is just so easy to read and he's so clear and encouraging and his what is the gospel communicated the gospel to me who I mean I've gone through Bible school and seminary and it just really made it alive and it was a lot of fun. So I always try to read that with students or give that to them. Um Favorite book of the Bibles, we just taught through Ephesians, and that's always been my favorite. I just love it. So especially getting to teach it, and shout out to Russ Moore, getting to learn under him. And every time I was preparing a lesson, he got on a video call with me and prepared it with me. So it was really cool to to learn that book and get to teach it recently. So whenever Daniel always teases me, because whenever I have a guest teaching and I don't have a topic given to me, I always choose something out of Ephesians. But... I get to do that because they, they tell me to choose. Yes, right. So. <laughs> Take advantage. Walkout song. 
walkout song. So I grew up in the 90s with Space Jam being my favorite oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. And like every that. time I watched that movie, I'd turn it off and I'd go dunk on my basketball. That's hit, right. Because it made me so excited. And <laughs> <laughs> So the Space Jam theme the song? Space Jam theme. Uh, any Do one of those songs. I don't have that one on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, though. I like that answer. Yeah. All right. Good. Anything else we got here for John today? No, I don't think so. Just a uh, a quick reminder that at least the uh, the intent as of today is to take the uh, the month of July off, and uh, we plan to resume, Lord willing, in uh, August, unless uh, there's an audible with John in uh, in Ecuador. Can I ask myself another question? Oh, go for it, Do John. We have time? <laughs> if you want time, I, you know, the, yeah. What are we going to say, right? <laughs> well, so one thing I wanted to make sure I did today was really communicate how great our youth leaders are. Mm-hmm. So if, if I was going to say one thing that's unique about our church's youth group compared to anybody else, yes, I have 53 youth leaders. I'm trying to get to 60. But I have youth leaders that have been doing it longer than I was in youth group, and that was a long... Like, they they are still doing it even 20 years. when I was a youth leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so they've been doing it... I mean, my parents have been youth leaders for over 30 years. Right. So I have youth leaders that I am now getting to lead that have been doing it for a really long time. And I also have some that are brand new and each one of them give up so much and they care so much for these students and it's really cool. Oh, that's great. I'm glad I'm glad you asked yourself that last question. <laughs> it's a good note to end on, John. Sure thanks for chatting with us. Uh, we'll see you back here when we get back.